Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. Remember when I talked with ACB's very own Joel Snyder about the 8th Annual Batty Contest? That's the benefits of audio description in education contest. Well, we have a winner. Abby Moreno from Lowell High School in San Francisco, California is Batty's grand prize winner. Abby and Joel join us to talk about the movie choice, the big win, and give us a quick piece of info on the latest happenings in ACB's audio description project. Also joining us is Abby's teacher, Ahmet Ustunel. Welcome to the show, everybody. Great, Brian. Good to be here again. Are you here, Abby and Amit? I'm here, yes. Hello. Hello, hello. So, Joel, just to refresh our listeners' memories, what was the Batty Contest? It is an outgrowth of something we ran for a number of years through the ACB's Audio Description Project. It used to be called the Young Described Film Critic Contest, which was a bit of a mouthful. And uh, we got a, a smattering of entries each year and made awards to kids who are blind uh, who would write us reviews of audio-described videos and films. And we finally decided, let's let's get this uh, going even more broadly. We put together a little subcommittee under uh, Susan Glass, uh, on who is on our ACB ADP steering committee. And uh, she just did a wonderful job. We rechristened it. Benefits of Audio Description in Education, the Batty Contest. We basically ask kids ages 7 to 21 in uh, three, four different categories, actually, age range categories, to simply write reviews of audio-described videos or films. And we give them a little bit of help telling them how they should structure it and how they should tell us, you know, how does the description help or hinder you in understanding the film? And that's what we did. We got a lot of reviews. We got over 20 uh, entries uh, just in the first year of this newly christened contest, and Abby's review just stood out head and shoulders above the rest. For those who don't know audio description, what's audio description? Oh, goodness. Well, audio description, I'm glad you asked that, Brian, because it is underknown. Even though it's been around now for, I began working with it at the very beginning, about 36 years ago in Washington, D.C., but now it's in oh, golly, 50-some countries around the world in most states. It's a verbal technique, a narrative that lets folks who are blind understand and appreciate more fully the uh, visual images that are involved principally in performing arts or maybe the media, film and television. It may be in museums. It's a little differently in each genre, but it's all audio description. It all is about using words to translate the visual to the verbal. We've got it mandated by law now to a very limited degree on television programs. People can access a secondary audio program that gives them description on those select programs. It's in movie theaters. It's in a lot of performing arts spaces, a lot of museums now, more and more museums. We thought just getting the word about out about it, one, one way is to involve the younger generation, and hopefully they'll grow up to be avid audio description consumers as adults. 
And you've also done White House events, too. Now that you mentioned oh, Washington, sure. you just did the presidential inauguration in January for ABC. And I That's thought you true. did a tremendous thank job with that, Joel. Well, thank you, Brian. Yeah, no, I did that. And for both of President Obama's inaugurations, and under President Obama's second term, uh, we even, ACB's uh, audio description project, developed an audio described tour of the White House. Because, you know, the public can go, go through the White House, but there's no real tour. There are no guides. So it's a, it's a great experience, but um, not so great if you're blind. And we developed a recorded audio-described tour. First uh, version was uh, recorded by Eddie Walker, very famous blind radio announcer in the Washington, D.C. area. And we're hoping it will continue throughout the Trump years. Well, great. we got to focus on Abby now. Let's get to know yeah. you. How did you become blind, Abby? When I was born, I was born happy and healthy. You know, everything was fine. At around the age of six, I remember one day just having really, really bad symptoms of nausea and discomfort and blurry vision. All these things just flying at me left and right at the age of six. And after a few doctor's appointments, we got an MRI scan done and found out that I developed a brain tumor. And the brain tumor basically caused a liquid buildup around my brain, which affected my optic nerves, and luckily, thank God, didn't damage them. Um, they're really weak, so that restricts any signal getting to my eyes and being able to see um, anything at all. So that's, that's how I lost my vision. So is it's the, been that way for nearly, nearly nine years. Mr. Ustano, what's your role as Abby's teacher? Well, I'm a teacher of the visually impaired here in SFUSD uh, in Lowell High School. And we have annual goals for every blind student written in their IEPs. Depending on their goals, we work on a variety of things, academics, blindness skills, social skills, things like technology. We focus on so whatever they need, actually, to be successful in school, we include that in our work time, which is, for Abby, it is daily for about 60 minutes. So whatever we can cover in the 60 minutes, we do our best to cover everything we need to. Whenever we have extra time, we look for some extracurricular activities to help them, such as this contest. I just got an email about it, and I thought, wow, this is perfect for Abby. She likes writing. She likes movies. So, Abby, what are your favorite subjects in high school? I would definitely have to say, well, you probably already know this by now, English is definitely one of them. I love to read. I love to write. I'm a huge fan of poetry, as well as science. In my freshman year, I took a biology course, and I absolutely loved it. I love learning about just the natural world works and how everything functions and everything's in connection with one another. But apart from academic courses, extracurricular activities, for me, what's most important is definitely music. For me, it's always been a huge part of my life for as long as I can remember anything that has to do with the arts. I'm very, very excited for my junior year. I applied to take guitar class. And as of right now, I've been self-teaching for about two years, but I'm pretty excited to take more official lessons and I'll be taking that with a couple of friends. So, yeah, school is, school is good. <laughs> so as your teacher and Joel say, you love movies. My favorite movie, personally, is James Cameron's Avatar. What are your favorite movies? I have two younger nephews. They're seven and nine years old. So anything that's 
new in the Disney world or the Pixar world, we got to see. And also for me as a child, I just remember absolutely being in love with. And still, with the Shrek movies, with Monsters Incorporated and Monsters University, I was excited when that one came out. And my dad and I, uh, as well as my mom, we all cook together as a family. So we are huge fans of Ratatouille. We can watch that movie just over and over and over again. <laughs> Personally, uh, I'm also a huge fan of Robert De Niro. And one of my favorite movies that he did more recently with Anne Hathaway, I believe, The Intern. I love that movie. I show it to all of my friends, and they all fall in love with it. We're all crying at the end. And <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that movie. <laughs> we're we're going to you know, learn about your contest experience and how you won that grand prize. What movie did you pick and why? So I picked a little short film called Faith, My Story of Being Confident, and it's about a young girl from Australia who, much like me entering this contest, she entered a songwriting contest. And as I mentioned before, music is a huge thing to me in my life, so I automatically connected with it right away. And her story is just so beautiful, and I fell in love with it. I, I clicked on it, and I was like, all right, I'll watch it, you know, see what I think of it. I was so in love with it all the way through. It's about how she had stage fright, and she was really scared and skeptical to share the thing that she loved with everybody else because she was afraid of being judged. She lost confidence when her music teacher encouraged her, oh, you know, there's this contest going on, this radio station is doing it, and I just heard you play that beautiful song, you should enter it. She followed through, and she ended up uh, coming out victorious. From there on out, you just see this beautiful transformation of this really shy, timid girl at the beginning rising up towards the end and still keeping her humbleness and, you know, her kindness, but really, really showing a growth in character with a lot of courage and strength to really put out and support what she loves to do. And that, to me, just meant a lot. That's definitely why I chose it. Very inspirational. Very inspirational, it sounds like. And we're going to go through now how you wrote this review. I was looking at the Audio Description Project's top tips for writing the ultimate film review, all in caps. And we're going to go through some of those tips and how you used them to write this review. First off, how did you keep the review short and to that maximum of 250 words? <laughs> you know, I was, I'm going to be honest. It's actually not under 250 words. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> by by nature, I am an extensive writer, and this is something all of my English teachers tease me about. But they say it's a good thing, because I always have more material to, to save through and filter through when I'm finalizing essays. But what I did limit myself to was keeping it, you know, within, like, a standard five-paragraph essay. And that is already, you know, right there, a lot of stuff. For me, you know, I just, I really focused on everything that I wanted to say, everything that I felt was important without overdoing it, you know, overdoing it too much, really just talking about the film, what was great about it and the audio description, what could could be potentially improved on in the future, and just honesty, and just honesty and keeping it real. And that was really, really important to me. So, You know, your point, Brian, about the number of words is interesting because more than the specific number of words, I think what Abby was able to do is is a hallmark of good description writing, which is to <laughs> keep it, keep it, uh, you know, edit, keep it to um, the essentials, and carve out anything that doesn't contribute to your mission, really. Which, in description, of course, is to help the listener picture that in the mind's eye and and uh, understand and appreciate what the image is about. 
I oftentimes I train describers all around the world, and I oftentimes quote the French mathematician and philosopher Blaise Pascal. He was writing a letter to a friend. He said, you know, I've only made this letter longer because I haven't had the time to make it shorter. I think that's what Abby did. She took some extra time and really zeroed in. And zeroed it in. How'd you make it fun to read, Abby? You know, <laughs> um, and I mean this in a humble way, I usually try to be just as happy and giddy as I possibly can. I've always been somebody to, you know, try and make others laugh because it, it brings them happiness and in return it brings me happiness. I, I try to portray that through my writing as well. In my free time, I love to do creative writing and, you know, just have fun with it. For this essay in particular, I just try to change it up a little bit and not make it like a standard boring essay, you know, this and this needs to be fixed and this wasn't good and I, I didn't really like it. You know, you got, you got to make it exciting. So definitely word choice is something I've had a lot of practice with. All of the amazing English teachers I've been, you know, honored to have in my past years in high school picking up a lot of the tips that they gave me. Okay, you know, change your words and make it exciting. Use a different word here because it sounds flat, a little boring, you know. Make sure you put in all these good details and brighten it up, make it colorful. What specific parts of the description gave you the biggest vivid sense of what happened in the movie? I got to say, towards the end of the film, what I really appreciated was the credits being read aloud. I thought that was really, really nice. As well as such a small detail as a light bulb being shown in the background. I thought that was really, really cool because if I were to have, you know, say this little short film wasn't audio described and I had friends watching this with me and I asked them to describe it in their own way to me, they probably wouldn't tell me that there was a light bulb being switched on or switched off in the background. So just little details like that I really appreciated as well as when there was a change of scenery, you know, a different room or if somebody moved or an object was you know, put somewhere else, color changes, environment, all of that really gave me a good idea of what was going on. Abby, how important is access to audio-described TV and movies for you? To me, it's very important, especially after doing this experience. Before I went along and did this, I really wasn't a big fan of audio description. All of my experience was pretty poor. I I was never one to promote it and suggest that people should use it because all my experience was just, it wasn't pleasant. But now, you know, with all this modern technology and everything is going in, in a, a more positive direction and people are more sensitive to it, it's definitely important to me. Whether or not everyone uses it, you know, that's up to the individual, but I definitely do think it should be easy to access and easy to get to as an option because you want everybody to enjoy the simple luxuries of life that everybody else gets to enjoy. And you might not experience it quite the same, but if we can find a way to make those adaptations and make it enjoyable, then yeah, definitely, it's, it's very important. I think it's very important, too. And you won a prize. What prize did you get? I was very happy with the iPod Mini 2 that I won. <laughs> as well, $100 to iTunes, which, by the way, I have used to download a whole bunch of music that I am into right now. <laughs> um, Wonderful. Yeah, and the iPad is, is great because I, over uh, the past couple of years, I've been trying to do a YouTube channel, which is still in the works, but yeah, I thought I was very happy to win that, so it's being put to good use. <laughs> That's great. Well, we talked about your prize, Abby. Mr. Ustano, I heard that you also got a little bit of a prize, too. Tell us how the contest benefited you, Lowell High School, and the San Francisco Unified School District. 
Well, I have been working in Lowell High School for almost four years now. And when I first started, I had only one blind visually impaired student here. Attitude towards blindness was very different back then. Most of the general ed teachers didn't have any blind students in their classes. And to get any little accommodations, we had to fight. And things were not very accessible, so we had some rough time here. But now I have seven students, two of them are totally blind, and five of them have low vision. And the culture of the school has changed a lot in these four years. In this change, I would say student success and things like this, you know, winning prizes, sharing it with other general teachers, really made a big difference. Uh, in terms of changing their perception of blindness and how to treat blind students. Also, right after this project, we were working on an art project. If anybody listens to us right now in the Bay Area, we have an art, art project going on at Asian Art Museum, which is a multi-sensory art project. Abby and three of my other students have ceramic pieces, and then they recorded their audio description, their own audio description of their pieces. People can go listen to the art, touch to the art, and we have real description, so it's fully accessible. And it will be in the Asian Art Museum till Friday night. I don't know when this show will be broadcasted, but I'm uh, just announcing it's free admission. Anybody can go and enjoy the multi-sensory art project. SFUSC here, we are very lucky to be in SFUSC. We are a very inclusive, progressive school district, not only for kids with disabilities, but also uh, LGBT kids, immigrant kids. Everybody feels included and and um, accepted and well-treated here, and we want to keep it that way, especially in the terrible political environment. So it's very important for us to be visible and to stand together for our rights. And then uh, things like this, I think, will will really help us to be more visible as, as a disabled population, as uh, kids with disabilities, and, and to make things even more accessible for us. Well, congratulations, Abby. This is quite an accomplishment. You must be very proud. We're very proud of you at speaking out for the blind as well. Thank you so much, Brian. Let's get back to you, Joel. Who were some of the runner-up winners in the Batty Contest? I heard there were some other winners, too. Oh, sure. We had um, well, we, we had three winners in each of the three uh, age range categories, senior, junior, and sophomore, which goes from age um, oh, 7 or 8 to uh uh, that goes to about 18, something like that. Yeah, we had three winners, and, and, and of those, Abby's was just, was selected to be the grand prize winner. But we had first, second, third in each of those areas, and we had entries from all over the uh, country, Brian. A uh, number of entries from West Virginia, from New York, from Texas, from California, like Abby. So um, it, it we were really quite gratified, and... Uh, Hope that now, uh, you know, Abby and others will be ambassadors for the effort and, and get even more kids uh, uh, sending us their essays uh, in the years to come. 
So what else is going on in the ACB's audio description project these days, Joel? We've got oh, an ACB the, convention coming up, and I'm sure there will be some ADP events there. Well, yeah. Um, you know, we have a major audio description project conference every other year, and we did that in 2016, and we'll do that again in 2018 in St. Louis. But you're right, this year in Reno, um, in our off year, if you will, uh, we have a, a half-day program of sessions that really focus on audio description consumers and their particular needs and questions, and and uh, it'll be a great day of of, of uh, uh, information. It'll be on July 4th, actually, Tuesday, July 4th in the afternoon. Um, and I want to make sure everybody knows our web address, uh, www.acb.org forward slash ADP. There's all kinds of information there about what's described on television, what movies are out with description, what DVDs are out with description, who's doing description in performing art spaces in your state, uh, what about museums in your state, uh, the latest news about description. We've got, it really is the go-to site for information about audio description. Uh, one other thing I want to mention quickly, because Abby uh, mentioned her interest in science, um, a project we're working on for this next year is an audio-described tour of the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum uh, of uh, Natural History. They have uh, something there called the Insect Zoo. Now, how do kids, <laughs> kids love the Insect Zoo, but how do kids who are blind get a good sense of what all those creepy crawlers uh, uh, look like, what they're like? There's a certain amount of things you can do with tactile images, uh, with the 3D models. Well, we have a, a professor from Brazil who's in residence uh, at the Smithsonian this year. He's a blind man, Dr. Francisco Lima, who's so interested in audio description, and particularly, how do you use audio description to make entomological specimens accessible? So uh, we're hoping to work with him throughout this year and develop an audio-described tour of the Smithsonian's Insect Zoo, and uh, hopefully we'll get Abby to Washington so she can experience it. <laughs> and um, and not only that, of course, we're looking forward to having Abby with us at our at the ACB conference this uh, July in Reno because the people are eager to meet you, Abby, live and in person, and hear you read your review uh, at a plenary session in front of some thousands of uh, ACB members. You'll you'll be a real celebrity. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I, you know, I, I appreciate the offer and the opportunity to be able to do that. My family and I are all looking forward to it very much. So it's, it's going to be a fun time. I know it. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're all looking forward to it. Is there anything else you all would like to add? Well, I'm grateful, uh, Brian, for what you do to get the word out about all kinds of issues affecting folks who are blind, but uh, obviously, particularly, um, spreading the word about audio description. I think it's it's going to grow significantly over the uh, next couple of decades. Um, you know, captioning, it took a few decades to get to 100% of television being captioned, and hopefully in a couple of decades we'll have 100% of television being audio described, too. 
Well, thank you again for coming on, Joel, and thank you, Mr. Ustunnel, and congratulations, Abby. We all at the American Council of the Blind are all very proud of you. And thanks, everybody, for just coming on and telling us about this aspiring audio describer. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Before we go, I welcome your comments on this program, listeners. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash the dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. It's John. Join Paul and me every Friday evening from 7 to 8 for the world of sports and repeated throughout the day on Saturday right here on ACB Radio Mainstream. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. This is ACB Radio, connecting the blind community. Connecting the blind.